0: The game is over. The New
1: York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production.
0: Happy New Year, Jets Nation. I'm Eric Allen, and we've also got Ethan Greenberg here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits. Unfortunately, this is our last show of the 2017 season, but we promised to make it a good one. Demario Davis and Josh Martin are here at the Wyndham Hamilton Park, and we'll talk to them over the next hour. But we have a lot to get to, Greens. First off, uh, the Jets cleaned out their lockers Monday. Todd Bowles addressed the media, and then today... In Florham Park, General Manager Mike McCagnin talked, as well as Jets CEO and Chairman Christopher
2: Johnson. Starting with Coach Bowles here, because he was the first one to address the media for the final time of the 2017 regular season here, is that Coach said, no more excuses, and... The Jets finished 5-11, seven straight years that the Jets will not be postseason bound. Right. But the narrative moving forward is no more excuses. No would-haves, no should no could-haves. And that's something that Kelvin Beecham reiterated in his season-ending press conference as well.
0: Yeah, and Todd Bowles, uh, I asked him about it on a follow-up. I, you know, he said, it's not that guys made excuses this year. It's just he wants that mindset going into 2018. The external narrative for the New York Jets entering the 2017 season was – this is the worst roster in football. They're not going to win a game. Well, they came out, they won three of their first five, uh, five games with 3 and 2 with a three-game winning streak. They were 3 and 2 at one point during the season. And then there was a point there right around the bye when the Jets beat the Buffalo Bills and people were talking about potentially this team could be a wild card contender. With all that being said, Greens, nobody inside the building and we'll talk to DeMario Davis and Josh Martin about just this. Nobody inside the building was ever bought into what the external narrative was for the New York Jets, and they made strides this year. Yep. The record says 5-11, and 11, just like 2016. This team had an incredibly different feel to it in the locker room in New England when the season came to a conclusion.
2: I would say polar opposites, and not only that, you talked about the external narrative. Well, the internal narrative throughout the course of the season was we're going to stay together We're going to fight through adversity. And in each and every game, except maybe the Broncos game, you could sense that this team was in every game. And that's really what you want to see. And I know you spoke to Mike McCagnin earlier earlier today. He said, we don't find solace in stuff like that. But if you're a fan, you have to be somewhat excited to at least see the progress that this team, this base, the the foundation of the team that's being created as you move forward now into 2018.
0: Inside the Jets is supported by selective insurance responses, everything. Now, how are the New York Jets going to respond to the offseason? They will have plenty of salary cap space. It's an estimated right now anywhere between $80 million and $100 million to spend. So, Mike McKagan was asked about it today. He made it clear the Jets will be very
2: active in free agency. That's something that Christopher Johnson said as well. And the only thing that he said is, all right, so even though you have all this money, we're not going to go spend it in one area or two areas because that's not what he wants to do. And if you look at last season's off-season recipe, I understand the financial situation is a little different this season, but Mike McCagnin went out there and he made, I'd say, selective signings. When you look at someone like Calvin Beecham, who he brought in from Jacksonville, and Morris Claiborne along those lines, so... He was selective with the pieces that he brought in, but they were very productive this season.
0: Okay, so ideally, he continues to say the vision here for Mike McCagna, Todd Bowles, and Christopher Johnson is you want to build through the draft. So what happened in 2017 was the Jets added a safety out of LSU in the first round, a guy by the name of Jamal Adams. They took a safety in the second round, Marcus May. They also grabbed other pieces along the way. McCagnon, you're starting to see the vision come together. I talked about it last week on Inside the Jets. The layers of the defense right now are guys that he drafted. Okay? Leonard Williams, first draft pick of McCagnon, number six overall, defensive lineman, one of the better interior defensive linemen in the National Football League. Darren Lee took strides in year two. He was a first round pick, number 20 overall in 2016. Then he comes back and addresses the defensive backfield in 2017 with. The selection of Jamal Adams. You could have made the argument after both the 2015 and 2017 drafts that Leonard Williams and Jamal Adams were the cleanest prospects in each of those drafts. And then you think about other guys who've made produ- who've made contributions along the way, coming at Jordan Jenkins, the third round pick out of Georgia. So you're seeing a lot of youthful infusion. On the defensive side of the ball, we're going to talk to Demario Davis, a guy that Mike McKagan uh, traded for in the offseason. Josh Martin is a guy who I think he is symbolic of people you have to have on your roster that you develop internally. He started on the practice squad in 2015, and he was a special teams contributor. And now this year, he led the Jets defensively in terms of tackles for loss. So you have to Attack each and every avenue as far as, yes, the draft, but you have to add in free agency and you have to add in, the, in um, uh, via trades as well. And McKagan has done that. And, hey, you got to go to the other side of the ball. You think about Robbie Anderson, undrafted free agent. How about Jermaine He came over in a trade from the Seattle Seahawks and the Jets got tremendous value there because not only did they get a curse, they have a second-round selection in the 2017 NFL draft. And, oh, by the way, the Jets have three picks In the top 49 selections overall. So, you know, I I went off for a little bit there. I was going to say, it's
2: okay to take take a deep breath there. But something that I want to say is McKagan's always said that this is going to be – his vision always leads through the draft. And he said this to you is that it's augmented through the other channels like a trade, like Pro Free Agency – But the thing is, is that the draft is where you get the most youthful players, obviously, because these guys are college juniors and college seniors trying to make a name in the NFL. And you mentioned some of the guys like Jordan Jenkins and Robbie Anderson in the later rounds. Not your first and second round. Well, Robbie wasn't even drafted. Robbie wasn't drafted. So you get three through, let's say, seven and then your undrafted guys right there. And a lot of the guys that Mike has drafted have played for this team and gotten invaluable experience, especially this season. Look at a guy like Brandon Shell, Second year right tackle started, I'd say, the final four or so games of his rookie season and then played in the majority of games this season and did a pretty solid job. And he was going up against guys like Von Miller, Khalil Mack, Justin Houston. I mean, the list goes on and on. So the experience that he's getting this year, again, to create that foundation moving forward is going to be key for this team in 2018 2019 as you continue to move down here so there are multiple layers on creating a team i think we've seen that you touched on it when you look at trades free agency the draft college free agency so right now the first item number one is going to be free agency because that's first on the docket in march
0: yeah inside the jets is supported by victorinox swiss army um yeah and a guy who's been a swiss army knife for the jets josh martin he'll join us in a few moments, and also DeMario Davis inside the building. How about that trade in June as McCagnon acquires DeMario Davis, who had a career high in terms of tackles, also had a, led the Jets in terms of sacks with five. That was a one-for-one, one, a player-for-player
2: player swap for Kevin Pryor. How about another player-for-player player swap in maybe not as flashy, but right before the fourth preseason game, Dexter McDougal was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for Terrence Brooks, who had a pretty good year on special teams. And not only that, he was the AFC defensive player of the week in week three against the Dolphins. He notched two interceptions at MetLife Stadium. So I think a trade is kind of a lost art these days because you look at free agency, you look at the draft, that's what's flashy. But then you're talking about trades. And Mike McKagan is not shy about trading. But let's talk about the DeMario trade because that's what you brought up. When you look at the return, I, I know this is maybe a little financial, especially for me, but when you look at the return for what you gave up, I don't, Calvin Pryor's out in the league right now.
0: Right. Uh, and, l- DeMar-
2: and DeMario Davis was one of the leaders on this defense. Career year uh,
0: for DeMario Davis here uh, for the New York Jets. And, uh, you know, one thing I took away from Christopher Johnson, the Jets CEO today, said, I got the best gig in the world. He's really loved Uh, taking over the reins from his brother, Woody, who's serving the United States over in Great Britain right now. But uh, Christopher said, you know what? I talked to a lot of players, exit interviews. The guys each pointed to something special is happening here with the Jets, and Christopher has a great bond with this team. And the other thing is Christopher Johnson had a message for the fan base today. He said I know you've experienced a lot of pain of late. The Jets have not made the playoffs in seven seasons," he said. "You deserve glory, and I think we're well on our way to returning to proper glory. And that's
2: the kind of thing you want to hear from a fan from from your owner. Well, and not I only mean, that, not only a fan that, from your owner. Not only that, but Christopher Johnson said that he's seeing something special starting to form here. And that's not only a message from him. That's a message that he received from multiple people inside the building, including the players. So he said that he met with almost everyone on their way out after they cleaned their lockers and that he has a good feeling about moving forward. And he wanted to have a sense of stability, which is why he extended the contracts of both head coach Todd Bowles and general manager Mike McCagnin. But he said that he knew he was going to do that early on in the season. And even though it didn't come to fruition until – right before the Jets went to Foxborough this weekend. Well, I got to think that probably
0: happened for Christopher Johnson when he saw the Jets uh, take down the Miami Dolphins for their first win of the season. Or, you know, what really jumped out to me early in the year was the game against Jacksonville. Yes, they squandered a fourth-quarter lead, but they also recovered from that. Kind of a microcosm of this season. They handled adversity. They won that game in Mm -hmm. overtime. They also ran for over 200 yards against one of the finer – Defenses in the National Football League. A Jacksonville team who we'll see next year, but uh, the Jets put together a complete performance there against the Jaguars. I thought that was one of their finest performances of the 2017 season. The other game that really resonates with me was Buffalo Thursday night, a complete performance on both sides of the football.
2: I want to add one game in the mix here is the Kansas City game is because... I think it has a lot of parallels to week four in Jacksonville. It just happened later in the season because against the Jaguars, you kind of saw, you saw a lead, you saw great football. And then even though, like you said, a fourth quarter lead was squandered, you're still able to fight through adversity and come out with a win. The Chiefs game was similar to me because it's back and forth and back and forth and all cylinders are clicking and you're finally able to get over that hump. And for much of the season, all we heard was the narrative about finishing and in that game, the Jets finished, and I think that you saw it in week four and week nine against the Bills. That was a complete dominating performance, completely dominant. Yeah. It's a different feel, but I, I understand the feeling, the sense of what you're saying as to if you're Christopher Johnson, why you get excited about the team moving forward.
0: Right, and continuity and stability is very important in the National Football League. You don't want to take a step forward and then take two steps back. And what this allows you to do right now with Todd Bowles and Mike McKagan is you're sending a message inside the locker room that I have confidence in these guys moving forward. We took some steps. Yes, we did not see it in the victory total increasing, but we're changing the culture here. We're getting younger. We're building through the draft. We're developing chemistry. We're getting pieces along the way. And the future is bright for the Jets, but Christopher also said, hey, listen, this can't happen soon enough for us. I want to go to the playoffs right now. I want to go to the Super Bowl right now. But the thing that Christopher Johnson, Mike McKagna, and Todd Bowles know is you can't go at this with a quick fix approach. You really want to become a sustainable winner in the national football league. And with that, you have to take a patient approach. You have to hit in the draft. You have to add complementary pieces in free agency, and occasionally you got to land guys like Demario Davis in a draft, or uh, in a trade, or Jermaine Curse in a trade. And there's, a, and you have to develop guys internally, like a Robbie Anderson or a role player like Josh Martin um, comes along, and he starts playing for you on a regular basis on the defensive side of football. So I think the Jets are doing a good job right now. I think there's plenty of reason for optimism. I understand from a fan perspective, as you look at the Buffalo Bills right now and say, why not us? And I say, well, maybe it is you next year. Maybe it is you in 2018. I don't think when you look at the Jets roster and you look at a Buffalo Bills roster or a couple of those other teams like the Tennessee Titans, I don't think there is this giant talent discrepancy, Green's.
2: I don't think so at all. And for what it's worth, I think the Jets are headed in a very good direction. And I know that's all we've heard. But I also understand the fans' frustration. But to your point is it's not a quick fix. Because if you're going for a quick fix, there's probably a higher chance that it falls. And I think what we've seen in the past two seasons is when you look at the regime of McCann and Bowles, twenty fifteen and twenty well twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen, totally different then 2017 and moving forward. Because last year you kind of you kind of felt the, the reset button because of all the guys that left in the offseason. Right, season. in the
0: offseason. Right? And yes.
2: this team is so young, gained so much experience. And you're talking about the guys that you drafted finally getting field time. You, they see the field, and then you augment it with the trades that you mentioned and free agency, and then you keep building through the draft. Well, remember, like you said, to reiterate this point, is the Jets have three top 50 picks in this year's draft. And the more young you get, the more players, the better talent you get, the more, the higher probability the probability there is for long-term sustainability. Yeah, and we're going to talk about this later. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about this later here on Inside the
0: Jets. But one of the major questions for the Jets heading into this offseason is the quarterback position. Josh McCown came in here. He had a career year. McKagan signed him at free agency, and he... In his 15th NFL season, with his 10th NFL team, he completed 67% of his passes. He uh, amassed 23 touchdowns in all. He was a leader inside the locker room, and he did a lot of great things for this team in 13 starts. Bryce Petty made three starts down the stretch. Christian Hackenberg did not see the field in regular season action. Now, McCagnon was asked about, will you bring Josh McCown back today? And he said, Uh, this is something we're going to consider. Josh has to make considerations himself, too, talk to his family, see where he's comfortable with. And the Jets are going to explore every position as far as adding competition. So the quarterback position, you're going to look at pro free agency. You're going to look at the draft. And McKagan said he would not dismiss the notion of adding a quarterback in free agency and or the draft.
2: My thing is, is that it's January second, okay, and free agency doesn't start till March. And I understand teams have the opportunity to re-sign their players between now and March. But it, you know, if you're a fan, you got to take a deep breath just for a moment because there are a lot of options on the table, and this the season just ended two days ago. So, no, from the quarterback, fans can't take a deep breath. I, oh, I'm oh, not know. even oh, taking a deep breath. Oh, I'm ready for I, it. I'm, I'm ready full for March speed ahead, but. It's not March yet. That's the thing. It's January 2nd. Right. But when you look at the quarterback landscape, there are options. There are always going to be options. When you look at free agency, when you look at the draft, there are plenty of options. And I know you want to talk about this later, so I'll bite my tongue for now, and I'll consider but, that a tease.
0: But but, but the thing is, the, the cap space jumps out at you. Oh, it, be, it has be, to. Because you can address a number of different positions. But with that being said, you're not going to get a Pro Bowl or everywhere. You have to establish depth in the National Football League. When we watch these teams in the playoffs now, you see the best teams in the National Football League. Yes, they have a marquee quarterback in most cases, but they also have depth down the roster. They have guys who can come in because not at every position are you going to have somebody who is starting 16 games or is considered an elite player at their position. The Jets are going to have to address a number of holes in offseason. And the other thing is they're gonna have to look internally at their own free agents. Uh, we're gonna talk to one, who has an expiring contract, and Demario Davis, who had a hell of a season. A Morris Claiborne, who I thought had his best season in the National Football League. We had him on Inside the Jets a couple of weeks ago. He said, this is the best I've played in the NFL so far. That's a former number six overall pick out of LSU who went to the Dallas Cowboys. Austin Safarian Jenkins, how many times have we talked about him? That's a waiver claim that McKagan picked up. From Tampa in 2016, he made so many strides, not only as a player, but as a man. He had a career year yep. this season for the Jets, and that's a, that is a position that will be in demand on the free agent market, so the Jets have to look at him. And then, obviously, Josh McCown as well, and, and, and there are other guys down that list. So right now what the Jets are doing at their Atlantic Health Jets Training Center is they're having pro free agency meetings. And that's what McKagan said right now. We're looking at everything. And that includes your own guys. You do a self-scout. And then you put up a pro free agency board and say, well, hey, is this guy going to be a good fit here? Is the talent a match? Is the chemistry a match? Because Todd Bowles said it, record-wise, we are far away at 5-11. and 11. Chemistry-wise, we are right there <laughs> right
2: now. Something that – I thought it was very, very interesting when Mike spoke today. He said, when we look at free agents, we we don't necessarily just look at the people on the field. We look at the person off the field. And when you look at someone like Josh, he said, we did a deep, deep dive on Josh McCown, the person, which is they knew who they were getting when he walked in the building. And he said, obviously, they had high expectations for him, but he even exceeded those expectations to a degree. So... To me, is this process is very exciting because it's unpredictable more so than anything else. And if you're a Jets fan, you have to be very excited because of what you said. The financial flexibility allows Mike McKagan and the rest of this team to go in a number of different directions. It's just a question of where do you spend that money, who do you spend it on, and how do you go about your free agency process compared to the draft and trades and everything along that nature, but it's an exciting time, especially for Jets fans right Uh, now.
0: uh, All right, we are live here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham, Hamilton Park Hotel, Eric Allen and Ethan Greenberg. Let's come right back with linebacker Demario Davis. Back to Inside the Jets, Eric Allen and Ethan Greenberg here. At Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham, Hamilton Park. Our player guest segment is presented by m Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Greens is so excited about free agency, DeMario, that we <laughs> went long in that first segment. So without further ado, you're finally up here. DeMario Davis, thanks for joining us. Oh, uh, Thank you guys for having me. Uh, DeMario, what was it like coming back here to the team you were drafted by in June, and then experience this se- experiencing the season?
3: Um, it was just amazing. Um, I, I think it was sort of a blessing to be able to come back to the team that, you know, you, get, you got drafted to. And, you know, every player's dream is to build their legacy in the place that they got drafted to. And so um, – You know, to kind of go away, which was a great experience. You know, I I learned and I grew while I was away. But to be able to come back and then to realize how rare that is that it happens um, and then be able to, you know, come back and be implemented back into the system, you know, and uh, play. Why
0: why didn't it work so well for you? I'm looking at your (laughs) stats right now. I was adding it up today. 165 tackles. You had 11 tackles in New England, two tackles for loss, and five sacks this year as well.
3: Was Those the, are pretty good numbers. <laughs> well, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, you asking how? Yeah. <laughs> I just call it favor, favor from above. Um, I, I learned a lot while I, I learned a lot while I was gone. Um, it was a very humbling experience. I, I call it my Jesus in the wilderness moment. And um, yeah, man, you know, in in the toughest, in the toughest, darkest places, you learn, and you grow the most. And so I was put in, you know, uh, the most stressful situation you could be put in and under. And I made it through, and um, I came out the other end stronger. And so when I came back, when I came back to the Jets, you know, I was I was ready for it. You know, I told I told Coach when he you know um, when Dave uh, was released, and he told me he was gonna make me the middle linebacker. You know, I looked at him confidently, and said I'm ready. And so uh, it was. I I didn't know it was you know what that season was gonna entail, but you know uh, it was a blessing.
2: When you first came back and you spoke to the media for the first time, I remember you telling me and everyone else that was there. Hey, I am I'm, I'm coming back I'm a different player than what you may remember me to be. So when you look at the stats that EA just mentioned, what's something to you that you're most proud of?
3: I think I'm I think I'm happy um that the recognition is happening. You know, I put the, I put the work into my craft, you know, ever since I came in, but the recognition is finally happening to have my name in a conversation with, you know, the top linebackers around the league. Um, uh, you
0: should have got more Pro Bowl consideration. I'm not just saying that because of you being here. It's something – Bart Scott and I look at the game film every week, and Bart knows the position a little bit more than I do. <laughs> and you played with
3: him. Yeah. And
0: he's also a hard grader. Yeah. And he said you were one of the better mental linebackers in the NFL this year.
3: Well, Bart's going to be a little biased because he mentored me. Yeah. So, uh Everything that I do kind of makes him look good because he was the one who kind of, <laughs> <laughs> he, he kind of mentored me and, and still does. But, um, you know, it, it was just amazing, you know, all the work that I put in in the offseason. You know, I, I had to grade myself hard harshly, you know, and, and so and stop saying, you know, it's unfair that they're not giving me the respect I deserve and look at it and say, why aren't they? And it was, a lot of, it was a lot of flaws in my game. I had to look at it and I had to critique myself uh, harshly. And that was hard to do. Um, but when I really looked at it and found out, okay, these areas I can improve, I got really excited, and I started to train specifically in that in in that realm and, and in that mindset. You know, I tore down everything that I did, you know, previously, and I designed my own workout regimen. I designed my own diet. I, I designed um, my own sleep schedule based on what I needed to make those things happen. And so um, I took that approach all the way through the offseason, into OTAs, into training camp, into preseason, and into the season. And I never did look at, like, the stats. You know, I never looked at that like that was my goal. My goal was just to be the best player that I could be and, you know, to look up and see all this fruit, you know, coming from it. You know, it's amazing, and it's a blessing.
0: And the guys gravitated towards you inside the locker room tomorrow. Now, as we're sitting here, it's January 2nd. In March, you have an expiring contract. So what goes on as far as you just having an exit interview and having conversations? And, you know, is it unsettling or is this an exciting time for a player at this point?
3: It's an exciting time for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's very exciting. Uh, I mean, you know, I feel like I've done everything I can do. And so at this point, you know, it really comes down to – um, the owner, the GM, and the coaching staff, sure. and, and what they want and what they envision. And, you know, and we have a great organization, and um, you know, I trust those guys, and you know, I have good conversation with all of them. All my talks was uh, positive, and so I trust their plan going forward. And so, um, you know, everything that happens at this time of year is really more uh, business and not football. Right. You know, and it's it's, it's the ugly part of the business. Um, you know. It, it's pretty it's pretty when you sitting in a leverage seat. <laughs> uh but it's 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 really the ugly part of the business and so um it's really up on them and what they want to do going forward. But so I just to take this time just to enjoy my family and relax and um get my body back and then I'll start training again. A third
0: round pick out of Arkansas State in two thousand twelve. Demario Davis rejoined the Jets this off season, had a tremendous year in green and white. You're a veteran. You've seen a lot in this league. You came from Cleveland, a team that has seen its shared struggles. Hmm. You only won five games this year. But what's building right here? Because we talked about in the opening segment, to a man, including CEO, Christopher Johnson, GM Mike McKagan, head coach Todd Bowles, everybody's very positive about uh, the chemistry and also the accountability and also the talent that is starting to build.
3: Um, I, think, I think the Jets are a unique place um, because a couple of things for a couple of reasons it's because a couple of things that are hardest to build is um, unity in the entire organization where everybody from top to bottom is on the same page. And I think uh, we have that um, with, with Chris, Mike, and Todd. i I honestly feel like they're on the same page, and um, that doesn't always happen. It's very rare. And then, you know, having character and chemistry inside the locker room. You know, I love going to work every day because um, it's honestly, it's like a family in the locker room. You know, uh, the good times, the bad times, we all stay together. You know, it's like a brotherhood and and all of us, um, we don't all think alike, but we're all on the same page and kind of see it together. And and that's unique. That doesn't happen all the time. And uh, when you can have that, you know, um, when – and you go through the hard times like um, a 5-11 and 11 season, you know, it makes the easy times even better. And so, um, great group of guys with, with great character, great core. Um, I think, you know, the organization is going to help push us in the right direction and bring it in the right pieces. and. Um, you know, everything is, set up, everything is set up with a great foundation to go forward. And so, if everything stays the way it is now, I think it's all on the up and up.
0: Well, exciting times on the horizon for you. We thank you so much for joining us on Inside the Jets. And we wish you luck, and we hope to be speaking to you soon.
3: Hey, thank you, guys. God bless.
0: We'll come right back with Josh Martin. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. Eric Allen and Ethan Greenberg live here from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel in Florham Park, New Jersey. We're now joined by Josh Martin. Our player guest segment is presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Josh, we were just talking about it before we came on air. You are a world traveler. <laughs> what did you do last off season, and what are your plans this offseason?
1: Well, so last off season, me and my girlfriend traveled to Asia. We started in Tokyo, worked our way down the eastern side of Asia, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Bangkok, and a few uh, islands in Thailand. Had a blast.
2: And what about this offseason?
1: This off season we're going to south america we're gonna hit up Argentina and uh Patagonia down there and <laughs> but, see, but, see but you
0: are, you are an adventurous guy because you told us one way ticket you you go down there and then see where it takes you huh
1: exactly um we'll figure it out along the way what what were,
0: <laughs> so what were some of your highlights of your trip to Asia last year uh, the,
1: the biggest highlight was probably this beach called Monkey Beach, right. Right. And so you, you go up to this beach and this this was a, a tour. I said we didn't go on tours, but we had to charter, you know, yeah. go with the group on this boat yeah, to sure. this beach. And we arrived to the beach and you know, they say it's monkey beach, but there were no monkeys when we showed up. All right. I guess it was early, they were still sleeping or whatever. Okay. And uh <laughs> we're we're playing in the water, swimming, chasing fish, whatever, and all of a sudden you see well, you hear the monkeys first. Right. And then you can see this parade of monkeys. 30, 40 monkeys (laughs) uh, walking along the beach, and as the day went on, uh, people were kayaking to the different beaches around the island, and they, you know, docked their kayaks on the the beach, and uh, the monkeys were going through their things. (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh yeah so they, don't, they, they were not intimidated by humans no they were they, not intimidated they by didn't humans. care how big josh martin
2: was
1: no they didn't care. that's their I, beach. I was more concerned about them than they were about me
2: yeah oh okay no. uh, <laughs> i i, I want to know is how do you decide where to go do you have like a bucket list that you made or you just kind of close your eyes and point uh, a uh, pin somewhere i
1: have an idea of where i want to go and then uh, just talk it over with my girlfriend and she does a lot of research and we just do everything that looks interesting to us.
0: But what's on the horizon, the specifics of this trip? Uh,
1: so Argentina, we're going go to go down to Patagonia right. and see the Sykes, all the wildlife, uh, eat some good food, maybe hit mm. up the wine country, Yeah. find a good Malbec. And, uh,
0: and, what, yeah. <laughs> and how can people follow you? Because I know you posted some stuff on Instagram last yeah, year, yeah. didn't you? So got,
1: why don't you throw that out there? I have, because a, I have a few ideas, so yeah. you can follow me on Instagram at JoshMartin95, uh, Twitter as well. And uh, I'll post plenty of pics. Uh, you know my website. I'm trying to get a, a video vlog going of okay. my travels this off season to you know share with the fans and. Uh, How
0: about uh,
2: some Instagram stories as well?
1: Some Instagram stories, of yeah. course. Yeah, I'll oh, toss okay. those in there too. Are, are you
2: uh, Are you gonna film with a GoPro or a camera or just your phone? Yeah,
1: phone. I got oh, a. I got better. a great uh, Secret Santa gift from David Bass. A little uh, camera.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Well, not like a selfie stick, but uh, one to hold your phone and record out. Yeah. Okay. So
0: Secret Santa, was that just a outside linebacker thing, or was everybody on the team involved in this?
1: Uh, It's, it's a, usually position group by position group. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Um, And then who did you have to get a present
1: for? I had Freddie Bishop.
0: What did you get Freddie?
1: Uh, I got him a camera.
0: Oh, did you? Oh, okay. He, he,
1: he told me that he was going to do some traveling, and he needed, you know, Something to take pictures with. So, so, I
0: so where, I got on camera. what? Did you cheat it though, right? <laughs> well, By no, asking him? Well,
1: I didn't ask him specifically. We've been around a circle. Okay. You know, we we're at lunch. Right. And uh, everyone just said something that they'd be interested in. Where's Freddie?
0: Where's Freddie going? Not to Canada because he played there already, so <laughs> he, he knows the landscape. I, over I think Freddie
1: might be headed down to South America too for a little. Oh, while. Oh, okay. Yeah. All
0: right. So the Jets' outside linebackers are really on the move in the 2017 offseason. How about you this year? How different. Did it feel – I mean, you've been in the league for a few years now, but uh, you became a defensive regular for the first time in your career.
1: It was great. Yeah? No, I enjoyed it. You know, as an undrafted guy, you understand that you have to work your way through the ranks, you know, find yourself in a good situation. And when you're in that good situation, you just have to take advantage of the opportunity. And I uh, was excited to get that chance this year.
2: How how fun was it to work with – Kevin Green because I remember last off season we talked about it for a second you, you said I mean how, how could I not be back here when Kevin Green is here so what was it like working with him day in and day out throughout the course of the season
1: KG's the man right yeah the goat uh
2: it He's was a, pretty intense it, it was a blast you Yeah, know, he
1: brings so much energy uh I'm sure if you've ever been to practice you've heard KG and uh, you know he loves on you hard, and he'll coach you up hard, which I really appreciate as a player. You know you want a straight shooter, someone that's going to help you improve your game and get better day in and day out.
0: You're a young guy, so did you it, when you heard Kevin Green was going to be your outside linebackers coach? Did you yourself go, hey, listen, I'm going on YouTube or I'm going to look up Kevin Green, who's got the most sacks in NFL history from the linebacker position, or is it something that he brought to you guys?
1: Oh. I knew who Kevin Green was. I didn't have to look him up. Yeah. You know, if you're an egg rusher coming up uh, and you, you study the game, you, you know who the best guys are. And uh, KG is certainly one of the best guys, if not the best. And, uh, you know, I was just excited to work with him. You know, I, there's not much research I had to do. I, you know, what,
0: what technique-wise, specifically, did he help you out uh, with this year?
1: No specific technique. Yeah. More of a mindset. You know, just increasing my physical level of play. You know, being physical at the point of attack. uh And and that's just one of – that's everything. Everything starts with physicality.
0: He he talked about mindset all the time. And one of his favorite expressions, Hunter's heart, right? Oh, yeah,
1: Hunter's (laughs) heart. You know, you have to be uh, relentless in your pursuit of, you know, the ball carrier, the quarterback, uh, just your passion for football.
2: What's your favorite play that you made from 2017? And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that pops up on the stat sheet from an outside linebacker position.
1: I was really happy to play a reverse. Well, okay, reverses are like my arch nemesis, like (laughs) because you get so tied in and pursuing to the ball from the backside. You know, when you are at this level, it's very difficult to make plays and chase them down from the backside. Every now and then, you'll get lucky. Uh, What I've learned to, you know, be patient and, and see what happens.
0: What about your success? Um, stopping guys behind the line. You led the team uh, in terms of tackles for loss this year with 12. What do you attribute that success to?
1: Uh, Opportunity, one. Yeah. And then just being physical at the point of attack. You know, uh, I took pride in in knocking people down. Yeah. (laughs) You know, buckling tight ends and offensive guards pulling, you know, around the edge. And uh, when you knock guys down behind the line of scrimmage.
0: But but, but the other thing, too, is that – you know, I know people will say, hey, you, you didn't have uh, too many sacks, but you you were around the quarterback. You impacted play this year because I think in all, when you look at you over 16 games, you were second on the team in terms of quarterback hits.
1: Yeah, that's tough. You know, as an edge rusher outside linebacker, all you can, you know, all everyone talks about is sacks. Right. And, uh, you know, I had one and a half sacks this year, which is very difficult for me to say you know, like given the amount of playing time that I had. But then, you know, you look at the quarterback hits and how I was able to affect the quarterback in other ways. And, uh, you know, from that aspect, it was a productive season.
0: Yeah, because you were around the quarterback a lot, Josh. And the other thing that you continue to do, you're you're a special team stalwart. You don't come off the field. I mean, you're playing all the defensive snaps.
1: I've had some long games this year. (laughs) And, And
0: then you finished again right at the top in terms of special teams tackles for this team. So, I mean, did you have to do something differently this year as far as um, your cardio? Because you're you're, you're in good shape. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> looking at you right now would say, this guy's in good shape, but, you know, like you
1: said. I, I knew going into the season uh, that I was going to have to be a contributor on special teams yeah. and defense, and so I prepared for that in my trading regimen and my conditioning and uh there's only so much you can do uh, yeah. to prepare. Uh, but, you know, after you get those first few games under your belt, you're, you're good to go.
2: Before I ask you a question about special teams, I want to bring something up real quick because I have to know before you leave for the 2018 or 17 offseason, 2018 offseason, whatever you want to call it, I'm not sure what what it be, 2017 2017- – off-season or is this 2018? Two, no, this, 2018 offseason. It's off 2018. Come on, I, man. I, I'm still, I'm still in. I started, in I started the show with a Happy New Year greeting. Thank We're you. In 2018. Thank you. I, I have to know because one day I'm in the locker room and you're, you're, uh, you're on your phone, whatever. Darren Lee walks by. He says, Hercules. He calls you. He called you Hercules. Is that a common nickname for you, or is that just a Darren Lee nickname for you? Uh, it's a Darren Lee nickname. Okay. You know, guys. Oh. Uh, uh, because it's fit—it's a fitting nickname. I, I was just curious. I like if it's to lift stuck. weights, you know. but yeah. Well, you said you like to lift weights. You like to knock people over, so I, I had to know.
1: Yeah, no, it's a Darian Lee thing. Uh, and that, that's one of the great things about this locker room is the camaraderie we've able—you know—we've been able to build over the last couple of years. Uh, and that's, you know, something exciting.
0: Are you the first player in NFL history to graduate from Columbia with a degree in anthropology? I would think so. <laughs> I would think so as well. Anthropology, I know, is the study of humans, but what can you tell me as far as specifically that covered?
1: Uh, I uh, studied anthropology with an emphasis in sociocultural anthropology, so really the study of people and how they operate within a culture or society. And uh, it really just was an opportunity for me to learn about different people. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I really appreciate everyone for their differences.
0: Down the line. Well, after your NFL career is done, do you think that that is something that you would pursue professionally down the line, getting into that?
1: No, uh, I I probably wouldn't pursue anything with anthropology. No. Uh, But I I do think it really has informed the way that I like to live my life Mm -hmm. and uh, understanding that we're all different and we all bring something to the table and uh, there's value in that. So that's just, you know.
2: You're, you're interested in finance, right? Because I remember speaking to you last off season, and you were going out to Florida to help out with an NFL initiative for finances, right?
1: Yeah, I was the uh, inaugural NFL Finance Boot Camp Player Ambassador. How about that? This past year. I was happy about that. Yeah? You know, I, I tell everyone, if you show up enough, I've gone three years in a row, they give you a title, so I really appreciate uh, <laughs> them, them making it official.
0: Uh, the Renaissance Man here, Josh Martin, here on the inside of the Jets. Um, lastly, uh, would you echo Demario's sentiments that this team is in a good position right now as you move forward? And are you excited as a veteran to get back here and see what's next? Yeah, no, I'm.
1: Uh, I'm extremely excited. Uh, we're definitely moving in the right direction, and and I think a lot of what people don't see, you know, in the locker room. Uh, at, at different social gatherings, uh, there, there's really a sense of team, yeah. which is important when you build that level of trust uh, with guys, you know, on Sunday when you're playing in the game. You know you, you know the guy on a personal level, uh, and, and that just allows you to communicate more effectively, to, to know that he has your back, and, uh, you know, be able to play more freely, if, if that makes sense.
0: Josh, we thank you so much for joining us tonight on Inside the Jets. Enjoy your travels. We'll be right back with our final segment. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. Eric Allen and Ethan Greenberg here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Well, 2017 has gone way too quickly. On the production end of things, there's a lot of people who make Inside the Jets happen, and I want to thank uh, Justin and Robert, who helped us here on location in Florham Park throughout the year. Uh, Brittany, Ray Santiago, back at ESPN Radio, Bart Scott yep. started as my co-host this year. Obviously, Ethan Greenberg finished up <laughs> in the co-host seat. And all our great guests throughout the year. We've had a tremendous program tonight with both Demario Davis and Josh Martin, uh, Josh Martin joining us. And once again, Greens, let me tell you something. Um, I do think the Jets are headed in the right direction. I think a Jets fan has plenty to be excited about this offseason. You got a hit on some of these free agency signings. With that being said, you have a lot of money to spend. You have financial flexibility. You can address holes because then you go into the draft without your hands tied. And the Jets do have the number six overall selection in the 2018 NFL Draft. And Mike McKagan has hit with both of his sixes so far. So let's make it a trifecta this year. Leonard Williams in 2015. Of course, Jamal Adams with 2017. I wonder how Jamal is doing greens right now after going out at Gillette Stadium in pregame warm-ups with his shirt.
2: Yeah, that that was an interesting move, to say the least. You could call it a bold move, Cotton, if you get my reference there from dodgeball. But it was... I would never do that, for the record. But, uh, I, I thought that was crazy, but good for him. Good for him. But,
0: but I'll t- tell you what. It, 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 the kid loves playing football. It's undeniable. He, he, he brings a lot of passion to the game. I think that's what we saw from the Jets throughout the year. I think that uh, Mike McCagnon had to make a number of offseason moves to change this roster. The Jets got younger in the offseason. I thought Todd Bowles did a fine job coaching them up. Uh, with that being said nobody's celebrating the five victories here I anticipate the Jets have taken another step in 2018 I mentioned it before greens I think when you look at some of the teams that are playing a wild card weekend Tennessee Titans the Buffalo Bills things like that teams like that there isn't a big talent discrepancy here
2: there's not and Jets are going to be very active in the offseason it's if you're a Jets fan simply put you have to be excited and that's it for Inside the Jets for 2017.
0: Thank you so much, everyone.